What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Podcast live on YouTube today for episode 215. And uh, trades? Are we are we gonna are we gonna talk about trades? I guess we are. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up November second. We are just under two weeks away, and the Buccaneers, believe it or not, have a couple of players who may or may not be involved in uh, some trade talks regarding other teams in the NFL. So we're gonna talk about that. First injury report of the week is out. We're going to talk about that as well. And of course, like we do every week on the Mailbag Show, we are going to answer your submitted questions. Uh, so all of that over the next hour or so here on the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Rocking the shades today. It's a, it's a serious business type of show. And uh, we are not alone. Joining us is the honorary third member of the show, the guy who's going through a table at the Cannon Firewatch party, Mr. James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube. How you doing, boys? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to James going through that table. So <laughs> He actually, he requested, he was like, well, and I, th- I think maybe Rhett suggested it too. I was like, can it be like pre-broken? And I'm like, no, like it's going to be a real table. It's going to be a healthy table. And James a is healthy table. A healthy, a, hel- healthy, a healthy table. table. We don't want a sick table. Mm-mm. We want a healthy table. Healthy, well, then strong of, table. One of you's gonna back have, is going to go right through it. One of you is going to have to take me to the hospital then. <laughs> no, that, that that's the bit. We're going to leave you there. Just leave me in a crumpled heap. Oh, Not even man. go for the pin. Just leave me like you're setting a statement. Um, Yeah, I'm doing good, by the way, Rhett. Thank you for asking. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. If anybody comes over here and sees this from my channel and you're new to the Can of Fire podcast, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to these boys. We're trying to get them up to 3,000 subscribers. Yeah, man, you're excited. I'm excited. 3,000 subscribers will put James through two tables. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be from the top of the cell, too. It'll be like Mick Foley and Taker at King of the Ring back in the day. Oh, yeah. um, but shout out to our people in the live chat really quickly. Richard T. checking in from the West Coast over in L.A. It's still uh, it's still morning over there, 927 a.m. So 
He's got CFP in the morning. Get to have you here, Richard. TB12 Goatman, of course. Joel L. Rican, hashtag Champa Bay. Goofy Khalid also in here. Shout out to our people on YouTube. If you're not watching the show on YouTube, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's the best way to take in the Cannon Fire podcast, but it is a podcast. So if you are one of our podcast listeners, you are also greatly appreciated. You guys actually get a better sounding version of the show because I go in, I do some post-processing magic and all the, you know, the backstore behind the scenes audio editing stuff. But uh, yeah, man, glad to have you guys here on this beautiful Wednesday. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Firstly, let's talk about the latest coming out of one buck. So this week, the first injury report for Sunday's game against Chicago has been released. The Buccaneers back at home this week. And a couple of names still floating around there. The first one I want to talk about is safety Antoine Winfield Jr., who still has not cleared concussion protocol. Kind of thought this wouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, the Bucs have had a little bit of extra time, and I guess we still have plenty of days until the actual game, so his status could change. As of right now, his activities with the team are limited from what I understand, right? He can still do certain things, but of course not everything. And if they throw the pads on, you know, he's not going to be able to do that stuff. But uh, what's the deal with uh, what's the deal with Winfield, Evan? Yeah, so he was he was out of practice today. Um, he's actually returning punts today as well, so doing a little bit more. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would guess he'll be okay. Yes, he's still not officially cleared, um, but I would guess in the next day or so. Um, especially if he's doing a little bit more of practice, that's a pretty good sign. So I would say he's most likely gonna gonna be able to play. But yeah, with concussions, you know, we assume every concussion is a very minor thing, but you know, everybody's different, and you know, some concussions are worse than others. So you know, I know some players are, you know, especially hockey players and stuff, they have problems with concussions their whole career, uh, and it just it, it affects them for months, possibly. It doesn't seem to be the case of Winfield. It seems like he's he's getting close to returning. I, I I'm pretty confident in saying that he's going to play against Chicago this Sunday. So a little bit longer than expected, uh, but it, it does appear that he's on his way to, to playing, barring any setbacks. Yeah, and uh, Joel brings up a good point in the chat too. Coach said he would have played last Sunday if the game was on Sunday, and I mean that sounds somewhat yeah, accurate, yeah, but right? At, at this at the same time, he. But he, he didn't clear. He yeah, still wasn't that's cleared. also that's also so, true. But I guess it just we'll speaks see. to the level of like atten- uh, attentiveness he has. You know, he's he's there. Like you said, he's participating, doing a little bit more in practice. Returning punts was was kind of a surprise to hear, but um, good to see that he's back out there and just in staying active. Another guy who still has yet to show up to practice this week is Rob Gronkowski, and this is a guy who this time last week we had said if the game was on Sunday he'd probably end up playing because, you know, the whole thing with Gronk is he's a guy where you want to make sure he's as close to 100% as he can possibly be, um, you know, because with the injury history that he already has and and his injury being somewhat severe, we, we first thought it was just, you know, maybe a bruised rib, his initial x-rays came back negative, and the next thing you know, he's got a punctured lung and, you know, a couple of broken ribs. Like, you know, it's going to take him some time to bounce back and be 100%. But he was not at practice Wednesday, 
I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think part of this is because uh, of OJ Howard's emergence. I think that's that's part of it. I don't think they want to rush Gronk back, especially with the bye week coming up. I think maybe you look to have him week for week eight versus New Orleans, but I don't really think you can, um, you know, rush him per se because one of the big reasons why Gronkowski left football was because he rushed back from injury. So I think they want to take their time. It doesn't seem to bode well for him playing this week. But like I said, I think that may have to do more with OJ Howard really starting to play well and maybe finding a role in this offense. So um, I think you'll see Gronk soon. I'm just not sure it's this week. What are your thoughts, James? Yeah, I mean, like you said, if they aren't in a situation where they have to rush Rob Gronkowski back, then they shouldn't. You know, I understand everybody wants to see Gronk back in. Oh, man, he was doing so well before he got hurt. Completely understandable. But like you said, rushing him back from injury isn't a good idea, right? He's dealt with so many nagging injuries in his career. Um, and like you said, that's part of the reason as to why he retired. So I do understand the fan base wants him back, but it might not be the best idea, especially whenever they have Cam Brayton and OJ Howard there, right? We've talked about that in the past for the tight end depth is there in case something like this happened to where if Rob Gronkowski got hurt, you didn't have to rush him back. And now with OJ Howard playing as good as he's been, Cam Brate's been doing some good spots here and there. Um, I feel like they can, and they should take their time with Gronkowski coming back. Oh yeah. And the topic of depth is something that we're going to talk about when we get to the potential trade discussions further on in this episode. But Let's go ahead and get to our first mailbag question, which has to do with Rob Gronkowski. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Steve Casper asks us, is Gronk going to be 100% when he finally comes back? Uh, if not, how close will he be? You know, for a guy like Gronk, it's kind of one of those things where I definitely wouldn't expect him to pick up where he left off. The nature of his injury is just rough. It's rough for any player. Um, you know, Gronk is a perennial Hall of Famer at this point, but still rough for a guy like that to come back from an injury like this. So. I would think to get back to the level of production we saw over those first few weeks of the season, it won't take nearly as long as we think it will, but I think it's like at most a one or two game buffer. And, and then he'll be back to, you know, going out there and destroying defenders doing what he does best. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it has to factor in, you know, with Howard playing better that bye week coming up, do, yeah. do you want Basically, do you want to risk Gronkowski? You better be sure that Gronkowski is 100% or at least as close to 100% as he can be. Um, you know, like, do you want to play in week eight if he's 80% healthy? You know, he gets hurt and then he's out longer and you have a bye week the next week so he could rest up and be 100% healthy week 10. That's kind of the decision I think they're going to have to face. Um, I think he realistically could come back week eight, possibly even this week. I just don't know if they want to really rush him back. Uh, I think obviously it's going to be up to Gronkowski probably and the Bucks. but look, no player by this point in the season is a hundred percent anyway. Like, like no player is even the, the quote unquote healthy ones. They're not right. actually a hundred percent healthy because everybody gets banged up. Um, but you know, it's just what you can play through or what you can't. And like you said, the ribs, man, that's just that affects so many things. The ribs and the lungs, it just it affects your breathing, it affects your sleep. It, you, you can't really do much with a rib or lung injury, you just you can't. Well, in a punctured um, lung, I mean, there was a certain quarterback for the Chargers who basically his season was over after an accidental punctured lung. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Tyrod Taylor, it's you know, 
it was unfortunate what happened to him, but um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think like, I think, like I said, Gronkowski is close to returning. I, I believe that, but I just don't know if you're going to see him this week or maybe even next week. Because like I said, with that bye week being week nine, they may just say, look, it's one game. Let's just make sure he rests up and be a hundred percent ready for week 10. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, you don't need Gronkowski as much for, for these games, as much as you need them for, you know, the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's when you truly need him. So you need him to be hundred percent healthy. And I think actually uh, Joe Enrican actually just said that in the chat. So really reading my mind, um, you know, you, you got it. The goal for him has got to be, um, you know, to get him as, as close to hundred percent healthy as he can for the playoffs. Oh yeah, I think so. He, he's one of those guys who's a lot more important down the stretch. And with the emergence of OJ Howard, having a couple of good games under his belt, he's starting to be used more in this offense. Regardless of if it's OJ Howard stepping up or not, this offense is still finding ways to move the ball and drop 30 plus points on teams every week. I mean, you know, only 28 against the Eagles, but it is what it is. It was one of those kind of games. The offense was just unstoppable those first three quarters of the game. So I still trust that over the course of the regular season, you're going to be able to move the ball. We'll talk a little bit more about it on our game preview show, but I'm curious the matchup this week because Chicago's defense is honestly not that bad. And, uh, you know, it's one of the more stout units the Bucs are going to face this first half of the season. But let's go ahead and talk about some more news, and then we'll get into the trade discussions. Uh, The last bit of news we have at a one buck this week, the Buccaneers signed veteran cornerback Richard Robinson from their practice squad to the active roster. So we talked about injuries, some guys who are going to be coming back. We got an update on Richard Sherman, who left the game with a hamstring injury last week. It's going to be a couple of weeks for him. And uh, he actually announced that on his podcast. I don't know if you guys listen to the Richard Sherman podcast, but it's actually a pretty good listen if you haven't checked it out. I think it's I think it's exclusively on Apple Podcasts, but uh, really good listen if you can find it. So, you know, Richard Robinson, he's a vet. That, that's what he's labeled as. But, I mean, what else do we really know about this guy? You, you know, it's it's kind of... It's kind of a band-aid at this point. You got to do what you can because you're losing guys left and right. There are still so many holes in the secondary. Yeah, he's he's already played special teams. Um, so he's already played special teams on the he's actually been on the team since um September 20th, I think. And I got that information from James. So I'm gonna toss this thing over to James because he did a great video on Rashard Robinson. So go check that out. And James, what do you got? Yeah, so he's been on the Buccaneers practice squad since September 20th. Um, He has been elevated on game day multiple times, you know, like Evan said, to play on special teams and whatnot due to all the injuries they've been dealing with. He wears at that cornerback position. He wears number 28, right? If I remember correctly. I believe so, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, six foot two, 177 pounds, still 26 years old, still a young guy. Uh, fourth round draft pick in 2016 by the 49ers played for them from 2016 to 2017 then he joined the Jets from 2017 to 2018 so he's got a bit of a history with Todd Bowles there back whenever he was their head coach Um, then he spent most of 2019 suspended by the NFL for violating the league's substance abuse policy then he joined the Cowboys in the 2020 season was with them a little bit for 2021 Got suspended again, this time for the first two games of the 2021 season. Cowboys released him. Then after his suspension was up, he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now he's been fully officially promoted to the active roster. So, yeah, he can play a little bit of outside corner. He can uh, play special teams. That's probably where he'll be. But, uh, you know, 
He's had a month now to learn from the defense. He already has a little bit of a history with Todd Bowles. Um, it's just a depth piece, but, you know, still a young potential developmental type guy. Yeah, it's actually been exactly a month since he joined the team. It's October 20th now. So, yeah. Um, yeah and, and for those confused, uh, basically, yeah, this means that now he just stays on the main roster. So this year you're still allowed, uh, I believe it's two practice squad elevations uh, for game days where guys that are on your practice squad can be elevated to the main roster. So technically you can go over 53 men for the main roster. You can go over that number. Um, but then what happens is after the game, those guys just revert right back to the practice squad. That's what Robinson was doing. Now he is on the 53 man roster. He counts for the 53 man roster. And the, the Bucks also made a few other roster moves. I'm not sure if Rhett wanted to get into those. Um, but yeah, so Richard Robinson basically now he is he officially counts that that's that's the the basic idea that he is no longer on the practice squad. He counts on the roster. Yeah, the key difference there in wording is elevated and yeah. promoted. Yeah, that's the key difference there. They they don't mean the same thing. Elevated is temporarily, promoted is permanent. So that's kind of the difference there. Yeah, I mean it's a you know you're doing what you can out there at this point um, in the live chat really quickly. Richard T brought up a good point. He said credit to Todd Bowles that uh, is depleted as our secondary is. It hasn't exactly bit us in the ass so far this season in past bucks games prior to Brady, we would definitely be losing this game, uh, these games. And not only would we be losing these games, they would be, you know, dead last in the NFL and passing defense by a good margin, because I think at this point they still are dead last in the NFL. Yeah. Um but, you, you know, the way that the pass rush has stepped up and the evolution of this defense over the course of the season is, has been a hot topic on the show. But, yeah, definitely credit the man behind all of it, Todd Bowles. Now, let's talk about the other side of the football really quickly. Um, actually, if either one of you guys want to run those transactions, the other moves that the Bucks made really quickly. I know they brought yeah. uh, John Mulkin up from the practice squad too, right? Yeah, so actually they waived John Mulshan. Uh He's been waived. So, so they, they brought him up just to waive him. No, well, they, they, act, they, they, they activated him from the injured reserve. Okay, so he was activated from the injured reserve. He was waived. Uh, the expectation is that they're going to try and bring him back to the practice squad. He is a very versatile guy. He can play tackle guard and center. He did that uh, throughout this off season and preseason. So they're going to try and bring him back to the practice squad. And then they also were able to add Jadon Mickens back to their practice squad. He now, do waivers. they have a, do they have a spot on the practice squad now with Mickens back there? They do do okay i believe because elijah ponder was released from the practice squad that that's right yeah so they have that opening spot there you're right yep you're right well no because bloody bloody ray wilson was added to their practice yeah so i don't know if they have a spot they would have to get rid of somebody then i imagine we'll we'll see what happens we'll figure it out yeah plenty of figure it out but that's the that's the other couple of moves that they've made they added real quick uh, real quick, Peter Payne just just asked real quick, uh, what's happening with Mickens? Is Darden getting his chance? So yeah, Mickens was was cut, uh, kind of out of the blue. Uh, wasn't really something that a lot of people saw coming. Um, and then you know this basically does mean I, I think that Jalen Darden is finally getting his opportunity. That's just what it's gonna mean. I think maybe you see Mickens. Maybe it's all for naught. Mickens is a practice squad elevation, and, and it doesn't really matter. And it's all for naught, but. Uh, I do think that Jalen Darden's going to get his opportunity. I remember that's exactly what we were thinking headed into week one because that first death chart of the season came out, and I'm pretty sure Mickens was on there as your number one returner, and then you get – or I'm sorry, Darden was on there as your number one returner, yeah. and then you get Mickens 
And it's kind of been the same story ever since. But uh, we got a plenty of time between now and the game, so we'll see what happens. If the Bucks are going to elevate him from the practice squad, it's usually going to happen Friday or Saturday. So, of course, we're going to have a show between now and then. So if anything happens, we will, of course, keep you updated. But let's go ahead and talk about the the title subject of this episode, and that is the impending trade deadline. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, November 2nd is the NFL trade deadline. And uh, Ronald Jones, of all players, is involved in some trade reports for other teams. Uh, It has been reported, I'm not necessarily sure by who, but it has been reported that Ronald Jones is a trade target for a couple of teams in the NFL. Uh, Running back like Marlon Mack is also on that list, so maybe a couple of teams looking at a guy like Rojo. (laughs) You know, it's funny. People like to talk about it all the time. Uh, OJ Howard was a hot trade topic until he started to produce and then people quietly, you know, stopped talking about it. Uh, Ronald Jones, of course, now that he is not necessarily been in the doghouse, but not been as productive as a guy like Leonard Fournette, who has really taken that running back job and, and, you know, done what he can with it. It's not surprising that this is coming up, but I'll tell you what would be surprising is if the Bucks actually pulled the trigger and traded Ronald Jones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about the Bucks making a lot of moves before the deadline, and we'll talk about it. But really quickly, and then Evan, I'll toss it to you. We do have our first mailbag question. This comes from Emily Compa. It is titled Running Scared. And she asks simply, do you see Ronald Jones here next season? I do not. I, I think he determined his own fate when the season started, and he sat himself with inconsistent thoughts of capabilities after yet another fumble. He pretty much gave it to Lenny at that point. Now that Lenny has stepped it up, Ronald Jones has looked like an afterthought. What happens if he has a great day running the ball? Do you consider keeping him? And if he doesn't have a decent game this season, who will honestly want him? I'd hate to end up trading him for a vending machine, but even scarier would be he comes to life with somebody else's team. Thanks, as always, Emily Compa. So, Evan, your thoughts on, uh, you know, not only the Rojo reports, but just the possibility of the Bucks actually making something happen. Like, what is, you know, what kind of value does Rojo gander from other teams? Yeah, so Tom Palacero, I believe, was the one that, that said that. Uh, key key thing here is the, the, the key. He said teams are monitoring Ronald Jones and Marlon Mack. Did not say the Bucks are shopping Ronald Jones. Right. It's a big difference. Teams can be calling, but that doesn't mean the Bucks are going to trade them. It, it, that doesn't say that, oh, the Bucks are open. It doesn't even say the Bucks are open to, to listening to offers. Just just teams, teams, teams are, are monitoring. This guy. Yeah, yeah. Team teams can look at the Bucks can look at anybody they want. Any team can look at anybody they want. You know, so that's a that's a key thing there that he didn't necessarily say the Bucks are listening to offers or the Bucks are looking to trade uh, Ronald Jones. Right. It just said that look, teams are just looking at him, and rightfully so. I mean, if you're a team that thinks you can you can take Ronald Jones and like, he's still he's a talented player. Me and you have both said. I mean. Right now, it's not looking that great, but uh, me and you have both said um, that we think Ronald Jones probably is the better running back than Leonard Fournette, like as far as like talent goes. So, it, the the tough thing is, does another team look at that and say, "Oh, we can get that out of him. Let's see if we can get him for cheap, and then we'll have him in our building and we'll try and sign him to a contract in the offseason because he is a free agent after the season." Right. Um, and it seems like, especially now, that's why, you know, these rumors start to, to yeah. heat up the level that they do. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I think you know you're you're gonna see a lot. Every trade deadline, most of the guys traded, you're, they're gonna be rentals pretty much. They're gonna be free agents at the end of the season. Um, so you know, I'm gonna do two things. One, I'm gonna say you know I, for one, I don't think Ronald Jones is getting traded. Uh, I don't. I just don't expect it. The Bucks know how important depth is. Like yeah. they, they understand yeah. how important depth is. And look at the look it, at the so. playoffs last year. Yeah. Um. You know, like they they know right. Uh. They lost Jordan Whitehead in that FC Championship game. Andrew Adams stepped in and played well. That's depth, right? Lost Alex Kappa. Aaron Thinney played well. Um, you know, you, you can always use depth. You can never get enough. So Lost Ronald uh, Jones. Playoff Lenny was born, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, like I said, I don't think he's going to get traded. Just because the, the one thing is – if you were to be sure, if somebody offers you a third round pick, sure, go ahead and trade them. Like, absolutely. You're not going to get a third round pick. Like, like you're not going to get that. He's like a, he's maybe, like a... maybe you, at most you'll get like a fifth at yeah. very most. And if you do get a fifth, you'll probably have to include like a seventh or something. So like, what's the point of it that like, 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 what is the point? Would you, I would rather just have the depth when you're trying to win another championship. I would rather have the depth then have a fifth round pick come April when it won't matter what happened in the season. So, you know, that's my, that's my point for against it now. And, and that's also why I don't think it's going to happen, but I will say the point for it is I think we can all agree that it's not likely that Ronald Jones is going to be back next season. So wouldn't you just rather get something for him, right? Rather than letting him walk and getting nothing. Right. The fifth round, the fifth round, having the extra fifth round pick is better than absolutely nothing. That's the the case. A lot of people are going to make, well, you know, Leonard Fournette's a starter and you have Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, You know, why not just get something for Ronald Jones? if You're not going to resign him. And I understand that, but I just think these running backs have been so hot and cold and so inconsistent there's going to be a time, I think, where Leonard Fournette is cold this season, and it's going to be up to Ronald Jones to carry the load. My response to that would be, then why not trade every depth player that has an expiring contract? I mean, hey, right. Giovanni Bernard has an expiring contract. Yeah. We don't use him. Why not get rid of him? Andrew Adams, uh, you know, he's a, he's a backup safety, you know. Trade him. He's got an expiring contract. You know, I, like like you said, you know, I, I do understand that mentality of, hey, you know, we, we want to get something for the guy, so we just let him go for nothing. But, I mean, look, like like we've been saying basically since the start of last year, this is a win-now team. And building up future assets, while it does somewhat make sense, it's not really what win-now teams do. If anything, the Buccaneers would be a team that's buying not yes. selling. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they would be the type of team to get a guy like Ronald Jones for a, a sixth round pick or whatever, you know, at a position of need, not, not selling off pieces. Yeah. Right. Right. So, oh, yeah. I mean, whenever you, whenever you look at that situation with Ronald Jones, I agree. I don't think he's going to be traded. I, I just don't think it makes sense right now that it's good to have extra depth. I mean, yeah. Rhett, you had a good point where playoff Lenny was born last year because of injuries at the running back position and Leonard Fournette had to step in. Um, so it's just good to have those extra bodies. It's the same argument for a guy like OJ Howard. Look what happened. Rob Gronkowski got hurt and OJ Howard came in and he's doing a, 
pretty darn good job in my opinion. So it's good to have depth. It's it's good to have those extra pieces there because you never know what's going to happen. Look at the cornerback position. I don't think the Bucks anticipated that they were going to be down three of their starting cornerbacks, one of which was the guy who was brought in because of all the injuries that had happened at the cornerback position. So it just wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. It wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just I just think that sorry, Rhett. Just, no, you're um, good. You know, the, the, the value versus the, the depth, it's just, it's not there. Like I said, if you could get value, even like a fourth round pick, I would be interested in right for, for Ronald Jones, but the, the value is just not there. And I did see somebody said you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get nothing for him. If you let him walk for free and you would get a comp pick. Well, maybe you would get a comp pick because it all depends. That all depends on what deal he signs when he signs it. Um, and also that comp pick would be, um for 2023 and not 2022 so that comp pick would count towards that so you know the comp pick game like yeah the bucks are gonna have to play it because they won't be able to bring back everybody and like the good teams normally don't right the good teams are the ones if you look at who gets comp picks most of the time it's the pretty good teams they just can't pay everybody but um in the case of ronald jones like it might be like a seventh or sixth round comp pick go ahead james Yeah, I mean, and look, that happens to every team in the league, right? Like players that they have go and leave in free agency. It's not like every team can just wheel and deal everybody who has expiring contracts. They go and leave in free agency. It happens to every single team in this league. The Bucs are no different. It's just a matter of what happens in the league, you know? So it it is what it is, man. If he he leaves in free agency, he leaves in free agency. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean... You know, and like I said, there's also there's deadlines for comp picks. Um, the Bucks did not get a comp pick when the Saints signed Jameis Winston because it was after the deadline. Uh, so if you know, let's say Ronald Jones goes unsigned, you know, and then he signs with the team after the whatever that the deadline is set on every date based on free agency or whatever, it it, it varies from year to year. But uh, let's say he signs after the deadline, then the Bucks do get nothing. So no matter how big of a deal he signs. Um, I did see somebody say, why not wrote Ronald Jones for Cordero Patterson uh, feels a need. It would feel a need, but why would Atlanta do that? Like Patterson's been arguably their best offensive player. Like it just wouldn't make a ton of sense for that. Yeah. And I mean, Atlanta is obviously not in the best spot ever, but even when you're that low, you're not just going to be that willing to give up pieces, especially when they lead to production and, and go to a division rival. Yeah. Yeah. The the defending Super Bowl champions. We just, we just talked on the last show about how teams don't really want to help Tampa Bay. You know, they don't want to give them assets that are already going to make them better, especially if you play them twice a year. Um, so it looked, it looked like James, looked like James was getting ready to say something. Go ahead. James. Here's something you got to think about too. Like Evan talked about, you know, trade uh, pieces, you know, like things that a team would be willing to give up for Ronald Jones, right? They know Ronald teams around the league. know Ronald Jones is in the doghouse. They probably know that situation better than any of us ever would. You know, they know that the Bucks are barely using Ronald Jones. His stock is incredibly, incredibly low right now. And people always make this argument. Running backs are a dime a dozen. Why would they other teams might not want to trade for Ronald Jones? Whenever there's a guy like Todd Gurley out in free agency, um, or somebody else out there, you know, which would lower his stock even more. So like Evan said, if, if teams are only willing to give up like a seventh round draft pick next year for Ronald Jones or a sixth round draft pick, why would you make that move? You're better off just holding on to the guy um, and having that necessary depth that is so important. But 
Um, I did want to turn real quick to a poll I did actually a couple of days ago asking that question, should the Buccaneers trade for Ronald Jones before the November 2nd trade deadline, right? We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Thousand people voted on it. It was almost a 50-50 split. 52% in favor of yes and 48% in favor of a no. So it's kind of interesting to get to get the uh, community's perspective on that, right? Yeah, people are pretty split on it, but I, I will tell you, my biggest thing about it, and the same conversation can be had about OJ Howard here in a second, but you know, if you're a team that's competing for a championship, if you're a team that is defending your championship in a 17 game season, and then you know, obviously, probably making the playoffs at five and one, you've got a pretty damn good chance of making the playoffs. I don't know the history of percentage, but most five and one teams end up in the playoffs. There's been some bad collapses though, but um, <laughs> you know. If you're in that position, the last thing you want to do is shorthand yourself on depth. We, we saw depth come up big for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout their Super Bowl run, right? There's so many good stories you can talk about. Guys like Aaron Stinney getting his time to shine, playoff Lenny being bored, all the other guys. So the last thing you want to do is shorthand yourself depth. Now, looking at O.J. Howard, who who has not been attached to any type of report whatsoever, The only reason we're kind of talking about OJ here is because a lot of fans like to bring it up. Like, uh, James, I don't know if you ran another poll about OJ Howard. Uh, Did you? And do you know what the responses Mm -hmm. were on that one? Yeah, so 923 people voted on it. This one was actually pretty interesting for the results. 31% said yes, they should trade OJ Howard. 69% said no, which I thought was pretty interesting because if you look... (laughs) <laughs> if you if you if you look around some of the community circles there are sometimes a, a lot of people who are very open about oj howard needing to get traded because oh, yeah, he's injury prone the oj the oj enough. the oj slander is real but you know one of my favorite lines about football and especially the nfl as a business in a whole uh it is a what have you done for me recently type of league and i guarantee you if you would have posed that question two weeks ago it would have been lopsided the other way. You know what I mean? So OJ Howard coming into his own is just another testament of what depth can do on this team. Because while Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard are much different type of players, OJ still has his uses at the tight end position in this offense. He ended up in the end zone against Philly his first time in the end zone since I think his injury, right? His Achilles injury, which he injured himself on catching a touchdown against LA. So, you know, the conversation here is is probably shorter than it was with Ronald Jones. There's no reason the Bucks would shop O.J. Howard or trade him at this point because, one, just like Ronald Jones, he's your guy. You know, he's your drafted guy. You want to do everything you can to make sure they work out. But, two, he's actually coming around and he's playing healthier than he has in a number of years, it seems like, at this point. He um he was also the first round pick, so yeah, like, right. Ronald Jones is the second round pick. He was the first round pick, but I understand that, that. And also, that doesn't make you safe from anything, right? Vernon Hargraves was cut, and he was a first round pick. Uh, he, you know, so that guy um, sucked. I, I know, but I'm just saying it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. Uh, it that doesn't, guy was you know, terrible. Make you safe. Um, but how, again, with OJ Howard, like they were legit shopping OJ Howard when Rob Gronkowski came. Like mm. they were right. They didn't get an offer they wanted. So if they didn't get offered they wanted back then, why would they get an offer they wanted now two years later? Like, or almost two years later. Coming like, coming why? back from an Achilles injury, yeah, too. Yeah, well, so right. why would they, if they didn't get the offers they wanted then, why would they get anywhere close to the offers they want now? So yet again, it's just another thing where if he walks, he walks, whatever. Like, if, he, if he walks a free agency, he walks a free agency, right? 
but like you'd rather have that depth. Like yeah. you would rather have that type of depth. So I don't, especially with Rob Gronkowski, you know, he, I know he's been healthy as a buck and he just now has an injury, but in his past, he has an injury history, right? So you want to have that depth. I understand OJ does too, but like you, you want to have as much depth as possible. And right now this Bucks team is very fortunate to have that depth. Oh, yeah. I do want to say this too, in regards to like making trades, nobody trades for like one year rentals. You know what I mean? Like I we, mean, we depending don't... on the rental, but yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the situation. Right. But you know, take like the CJ Henderson trade to the Carolina Panthers or the Stefan Gilmore trade to the Carolina Panthers. Like both those guys are probably going to factor into the Panthers long-term plans. Look at the last trade the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made. They traded for Rob Gronkowski. He's been here for a couple of seasons now, you know, Jason, like usually, yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul and yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul. Like usually whenever these teams make trades, it's not just to say, well, you know, we're dealing with injuries right now. Like, unless it's a really low end trade, right? Like you're not going to trade for Steve McClendon. They re-signed Steve McClendon in the off season. Right. So you're not going to trade for like some all-star player just for one year, you know, and give up a, a potentially valuable depth and assets and whatnot. And plus you have to think about this too. Nobody that's hurt for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now is going to be out for the entire rest of the year, Important, right? Yep. What do you do yep. if you trade for some, like, a, let's say you trade for a Marlon Mack, or you trade for maybe a Patrick Peterson if he was healthy or something along those lines, um, and then everybody comes back healthy. Okay, well, you know, the situation, you just you gave up depth at one position, now you're overloaded at this position group. It just gets weird, man. Right, you leave yourself with extra assets that you're just not going to use. And, um, you know, I remember we had that conversation when, uh, you know, the whole Stefan Gilmore thing happened. That was a fun six hours, was it not? Bucks, one of the teams potentially interested in Stefan Gilmore. Patriots Patriots are going to release him today at this time. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things we talked about was you overload yourself at this position. And then when everybody comes back healthy, what are you going to do? You've got, you know, former Pro Bowl corners who aren't going to have any assignments because, you want to play the, your, the corners that you drafted and the guys you know can perform because they've already won a Super Bowl with you. It's just an awkward situation for everybody, and, and there's no reason to do something like that. One thing, too, that's been so important, you know, and throughout this entire process, right, throughout this year, is with the Stephon Gilmore stuff, it had to be by the Bucks' terms, right? And yeah. their way of doing things would have been, okay, if he is released, then we'll give him maybe a Richard Sherman type contract and see what he wants to do. If he wants to come to the team, you know, the Bucks have to play it by their terms. Um, and, and right now, as it stands in terms of what their terms are in terms of what, you know, their way of making moves is, it just wouldn't make sense when they give up depth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to look at the the chat really quick. Uh, Ziptic uh, asked when does Sean Murphy Bunting coming back? It's been over a month now. Uh, yeah. He's still a little bit of ways away. Um, pro- I, I think after the bye week you're going to get a little bit of more clarity on that. I don't expect them week seven or week eight. Uh, so I would think the earliest is probably week 10. Um, and then Corey Fleming also said, I, I heard rumors about Whitney merciless interest. Don't really believe it with this team. You never know. I have not been told anything. I have not heard anything. So I can't really speak on those. I would doubt it. They don't really have much, much resources anyway. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, with Joe Tron showing, uh, they want to get him more snaps. I feel like Whitney merciless was kind of cut into those snaps. So I wouldn't really expect that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to our next mailbag question. And this is a fun one. 
I always like to wrap things up with like the really fun ones I could talk about for hours has to do with the offensive side of the ball comes from Randy Miller. His question is this, is there a possibility that the Buccaneers finish this season with 3000 yard receivers and potentially a thousand yard rusher in Leonard Fournette? And uh, I I like this because, you know, on the Philly post game, we talked about historic levels of production from this offense. I know 28 points doesn't necessarily ring true to historic levels of production, but the stats are there. The Bucs had just a ridiculous stretch of games where they're putting up over 30 points on teams. Tom Brady is playing like an absolute madman. The amount of touchdowns he's been able to put up and all three of the Buccaneers number one wide receivers have over 400 yards at this point in the season and are pretty much on pace to get 1000 with that extra 17th game. It almost seems like that much more of a possibility. Now, obviously we talked about, you know, how these running backs can play hot and cold. So you don't know if this level of production from Leonard Fournette can carry throughout the season. Can he be consistent down the stretch? I think he can. He's been a thousand yard rusher before he was an absolute workhorse in Jacksonville So I think he's capable of it, but you know, does that mean Ronald Jones is going to be in the doghouse all year? I don't know, but this is a fun question to ponder because when we talk every single week about the ridiculous production from this offense, I mean, this is record breaking stuff, 3000 yard receivers and potentially a thousand yard rusher. Uh, You know, James, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah. um, I mean, it'd be ridiculous, right? It would just, it just, the situation (laughs) keeps on getting more and more insane for everybody, I think, as time going on here, but that would be the first time it's ever happened in the league, correct? I, I'm pretty uh, sure. I, yeah, I, think so. I, I mean, regardless, with this extra 17th game, most of the record books as we know it are going to be shattered for single right. season records, but I, I do believe it would be a first. Yeah, so I mean, it would just be absolutely insane. I don't know if it's possible. I'm probably going to lean more on the side of saying it's probably not going to happen, and, and I'm not doubting the three you know, 1000 yard receivers. I think that's a possibility, but I, I don't know if road, I don't know if, sorry, Leonard Fournette will get to a thousand yards rushing. Um, Just because I think they'll work Rojo in there more. I think that they'll just, uh, yeah, I mean, they'll just pass more, which, which is what makes the receiver thing more likely, but I I would say probably not for Leonard Fournette hitting a thousand yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. Before I answer this, I have a, a few things actually. One, <laughs> it doesn't really have anything to do with that. Um, so real quick, uh, rock eight, one, three says SMB done for the season. The elbow popped out pretty nasty. I can tell you that people in that building and SMB himself are expecting him to come back uh, shortly. So it'll be soon. It's just, it won't be before the bye week. That's all I'm saying. Um, also pewter report said a few injury things. Now, this is a Wednesday practice. This is the earliest practice. So thing, whatever. Uh, OJ Howard didn't practice today. Didn't really say with what, but he just he didn't practice. Um, Antoine Winfield remains in the concussion protocol. And Antonio Brown sprained his ankle versus the Eagles and he didn't practice either. But, you know, that's something, you know, he could test out. So like I said, it's Wednesday. It's an early, you know, it's early in the week. That's, you know, if, if those guys still aren't practicing by Friday, then you can maybe get a little bit concerned. But a Wednesday practice is is pretty early, and you're not really doing a whole lot on Wednesday practices anyway. So, um, well, just something to keep an eye on. That's all. Yeah, there you go. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. You know, Real OJ quick. didn't practice. I mean, did they yeah, no, him? yeah, he, he could he could not practice because he's going to be traded. That's what it is. Uh-huh. 
Um, so real, just okay. One of the thousand uh, thousand yard thing. I I just think that the Bucks are gonna have to pick their poison. Um, I, I I really think that the Bucks are gonna have to pick their poison. I if you're gonna get three thousand yard receivers, I don't see how you're gonna get a thousand yard rusher in there just because you're not gonna be running the ball enough. Right. Like I just I. I uh, I think it's tough, and um, we'll see. I think they have a good shot. I agree with you guys. I think they have a good shot at a thousand yard receivers, three of them. But you know, Leonard Fournette getting a thousand yard rushing, I don't think so. TB Hood 12 Goat Man, I kind of agree with that. Uh, Leonard Fournette might get a thousand total yards from scrimmage. That's receiving and rushing. He may and that's more than that. respectable. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's great. Yeah, if you get that plus three thousand yard receivers, that's yeah. Um, and big MGM says AB's thing sounds like an excused veteran day. Uh, he had some ankle issues in that, in that game. Um, I believe he came off for a drive. So yeah, his ankle was hurting. Um, you know, he's able to the good news is that it wasn't serious enough. He was able to finish the game, obviously. So that, 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 that's a positive sign, but yeah. Um, I think the thousand yard rushing, that's tough. That's going to be tough for Leonard Fournette to do, but I do still think that, and, you know, Antonio Brown, the ankle thing, as long as they're all three of the receivers are healthy, I think there's a good chance all three of them could hit a thousand yards. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, really quickly in the chat, I've seen this mentioned a couple of times, but it, it speaks to, you know, the injuries that we've talked about, the what feels like a bunch of injuries for this team. The important thing to remember is, like we said earlier, no one's out for the entire season. But it seems like the threshold for most of these guys is like the bye week. You should have everybody back or at least have a positive update and have some guys who were like one or two weeks away. So I have some update here. Uh, Bruce Arian says Levante David has made good progress recovering from his ankle injury. Says he's one of the guys he's crossing his fingers to get back Sunday versus the Bears. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, to kind of put a bow on the trade discussions. Another update from the Bruce Arians press conference as we get live tweets, courtesy of Jenna Lane ESPN, which I'm reading now. Uh, when asked about Ronald Jones being on the trade block, Bruce Arians shot that down. He said it's a long season. Said something similar last year when Leonard Fournette was in the understudy role. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, the same sentiments that we had today. It's a long season. You don't want to short your shorthand yourself on depth. And when the value isn't really there, it's almost like you're losing the deal no matter what because the value that you get off of a pick is not going to outweigh the potential production if a guy like Leonard Fournette is to go down. But Yeah, and I mean, well, what you brought up was a good point. There's that that whole extra game. Like, that yeah. matters. Like, that yeah. that extra game, that 17th game matters. And obviously, the Bucks haven't played that yet, but, you know, it matters, right? Steve Smith said, told everyone, no one's being traded or LOL. Well, we, we, we've been trying to tell people for weeks. So <laughs> we've been trying, like, they're not, if anything, they're going to be making moves to get people, which they, they won't. I, I don't believe they will. Like, I'm not saying that, but yeah, they're not going to be just sending guys packing. Okay. This, yeah. If they were one in five, then sure. Then you could, then I think Ronald Jones, OJ Howard, those guys will most surely be traded, but you know, this isn't a team that that's going to be trying to sell off pieces. If anything, they're going to be trying to sacrifice draft picks to try and, and get more pieces. So yeah, really quickly here, Tony Saylor in the live chat, Google coming in clutch here. The 2008 Cardinals had 3000 yard receivers. So I, okay. It, it, yeah. But, but we're not talking about that though. Did they have 3000 yard receivers and a thousand yard rusher? No, but I thought we had addressed maybe. Uh, 3, I'd yard receiver. If they, yeah. That had never been done in the league yeah. before. Yeah. So, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying a thousand yard rusher. 
3,000 yard receiver, sure. But did that Cardinals team also have a thousand yard rusher? I don't think that's ever been done before. Yeah, I don't think so. So we'll have to see how it plays out. One more question regarding the offense to wrap up this week's mailbag episode. This comes from uh, Walid McFarlane. I believe I pronounced that correctly. And it has to do with the receiver position. Let's take a look into uh, Evan's crystal ball because I want to know your thoughts first on this into next year. What are the Bucs going to do at the wide receiver position? Are, are they going to sign Antonio Brown and possibly let Chris Godwin hit the market? Because it seems like at this point, Godwin might fetch a little bit of a higher price than AB, even though the production is definitely there. Is it a vice versa? Do you hang on to Chris Godwin because he's your guy? Let AB hit the market if he wants too much money. Uh, or are they going to work some Buccaneer magic again and then end up re-signing both of them? Because it seems like Chris Godwin is going to be priority number one for this team, but with the way Antonio Brown has been playing, if you have another year of Tom Brady, it's going to be really hard to split that connection up. Yeah, well, do you mean priority number one, like as far as like Godwin versus Brown or priority number one of all the free agents? Uh, Godwin versus Brown. Yeah, I think Carlton Davis is their top priority. Yeah. But uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. It feels like, I, I've said it multiple, this is the year. that they, they can't keep everyone every single offseason. Right, mm-hmm. they can't run it back every single off season. You, you can do it once or twice. You can't do it every single. You're gonna have to let some guys go, right? You just are. And it feels like this is the year where either Godwin or Brown isn't gonna be in Tampa next year. Man, it's it's tough because like Antonio Brown's price tag, even if he really says like, "Oh, I'm only gonna play with Tom Brady," even if he says that his price tag is still going to be more than it is this year just because his production has been so much better. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, Chris Godwin, like, his production's been up and down, but, like, it's, you know, like, he's still going to get his money. Somebody's going to pay him huge money. He's a fantastic wide receiver, does so much things. I I don't know. I wish I could have an answer, um, but I really don't know because a lot of it does depend on the market. If teams are knocking down Antonio Brown's door, and they're they're offering ten million dollars a year for two three years on a rental. I think you could see Brown go. Uh, I I think you could re-sign Godwin. I do think one of them is going to be back. Uh, I I don't think um, you know I don't think they're going to lose both. But I I think it's going to be tough to 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 keep both. I really do. I, you know Brown's relationship with Brady versus Godwin's importance to the offense. That's what you really have to weigh here. So. We got a lot of football left to be played. That's all I'm going to say. And then a lot of things can change. If you ask me my opinion on this six weeks from now, it could really change. So we'll see what happens, but still a ton of football. And I mean, the Bucks still do have the franchise tag. They can use it on Chris Godwin this year. Uh, you can use it two years in a row on a guy. Um, and then after that, you have to make a decision. But uh, if they really wanted to, they could place the franchise tag again on Chris Godwin, but we'll see. Yeah. And uh, somebody else in the live chat brought this up, but if you let either one of those guys walk, it's important to remember not only the ridiculous amount of depth that the Bucks have at the wide receiver position, maybe they could scout some first or second round receiver talent, but you've also got the franchise, Tyler Johnson, right? That's right. Uh, I think Tyler Johnson could more than step up and be, uh, you know, that guy to fill the role of whoever ends up leaving after this season. Uh, if they end up leaving, you know, the Bucks slap the franchise tag on Godwin again for whatever reason, and AB is able to settle on something team-friendly, then sure, it'll be a different conversation. But with the assumption that you're going to lose one of those guys to the market this season, Tyler Johnson, 
I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see TJ get his due because he's given us some flashes, man. He's given us some great catches over his short Buccaneer career. I mean, season-changing catches. You think about the yeah. Saints catch in the playoff. Um, um, so so Richard says we can re-sign both. Our cap is going to be drastically bigger. It's it's not going to be as big. What they did this year is going to catch up to them eventually. You know, pushing the money down, and it's it's going to catch up. And Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Carlton Davis, uh, Jordan Whitehead, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, all free agents, every single one of them. And then you got to think next year, you'll have Vita Vea, you'll have uh, Sean Murray, you'll have Jamel Dean. So you got to think about that, right? Um, I've, I'm seeing some, okay, this is getting ridiculous. I think it's almost time to end the podcast. Uh, Joel, Joel Enriquez <laughs> says, I don't know about letting Godwin go. Evans isn't a young player. Okay, Mike Evans is 28 years old, so. And Mike Evans, says, it, listen, Mike Evans is going to be a buck for his entire career. I, and I don't, Tony Saylor said, I'd be okay letting Evans go and keeping Godwin AB. This is madness. Yeah, no way, man. Sorry, guys. That's, uh, <laughs> listen, if you have a bad take, we're going to call you out. And and the take of, you know, Mike Evans being the guy that they let walk, it, it can't happen. He might not be as flashy as Antonio Brown. Uh, he might not have, you know, the ridiculous mobility and yak that Chris Godwin can get every now and again, but Mike Evans is your franchise guy, and he's one of the greatest offensive players in Buccaneer history. He's going to be in the red and pewter for the rest of his career. No questions yeah. asked. And, and, and real quick, TV 12 Goatman says, I think Jensen and Kappa might be gone. I don't think it's another thing. I Maybe one of Godwin and Brown are gone. I don't think – I think one of Jensen and Kappa are gone. I, I don't pick, think, the Bucks I think it's going to be Kappa. But... Yeah, I, I don't think the Bucs are going to lose both of them. Um, so, yeah. Tyler Johnson has okay. We're not gonna do this. Like we're, we're just not gonna. Mike Evans is the best offensive player in Buck's yeah. history. So Listen, not, guys, we are not here for the Mike Evans slander. Um, it, it's just not gonna happen. You know, there there's I mean, certain just, things. Watch the games. Watch the games. Check 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 your sheets. All right. Check check your sheets, man. Yeah, yeah. James, you haven't said say. a word in like ten. Yeah, minutes. cheer What's up, up James. What's going on, man? You look like we're holding you hostage. I was sad thinking about the situation of losing Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. Um, I get even but, sadder thinking about potentially losing Mike Evans. That guy's like one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, he's, he's, he is arguably my favorite Buccaneer of all time. Yeah, Mike's but, the man. Um, <clears throat> just to give my opinion on that, I would say it's more likely the Bucs lose Chris Godwin than Antonio Brown. You know, just because are you going to – Godwin's going to get the bag, right? Antonio Brown, oh, yeah. at least you know you would probably have more leverage in negotiating with him, right? Because there's still probably some teams out there. And again, there's plenty more football to be played. We don't even have to think about this at a very critical, deep level for yeah, a while, which is... We're not even at week seven, folks. Yeah, which is great. But just to give some, like, quick kind of, like, surface-level thoughts on it, like, the Buccaneers would be able to negotiate better, I think, with Antonio Brown compared to say Chris Godwin, because Chris Godwin's got a ton of leverage. He can go get the bag from any team. There are still teams that are still a little bit wary with Antonio Brown. At the end of the day, Antonio Brown wants to stay in Tampa. I mean, so does Chris Godwin, of course, but literally Antonio Brown has said multiple times, I'm only here for Brady. You know, like I'm here for Tom Brady. It is what it is, you know? So I feel like they would just have a, a better time negotiating with Brown compared to Godwin. They could get him for less. Um, you know, and maybe it is just time for Godwin to go out there and get the bag from another team. You know, yeah. Scotty Miller's there. Tyler Johnson's there. Jalen Darden's there. 
there's a lot of guys that could come in and, and not give you exactly what Chris Godwin gives you. Of course not, but they have the, the depth there to, uh, to, to what's the word afford maybe to lose a guy like Chris Godwin in a free agency. And, you know, re-signing a guy like Chris Godwin, that might mean you eventually lose a guy like Vita Vea or you lose a guy like Carlton Davis, or you lose a really important piece or maybe even a couple of important pieces, depending on how much you give Chris Godwin. If you give Chris Godwin $20 million, you know, that's a lot of money. That's two really important guys, potentially starters on that team. So do, do you sacrifice that much money to bring back a guy in a position group where you've got so much stinking depth, so much stinking depth, uh, and afford to lose starting level guys, a couple of starting level guys at other position groups. I just don't know if you make that move. But again, that's just surface level thoughts. We don't even have to think about that for a while. Yeah. So uh, then Tony said, "Evan gets shut. Evans gets shut down too much. Not slander, hate, just fact." Well, you well, also gets said double and triple team. <laughs> well, yeah. You you say check the tape on Evans, but you don't acknowledge that he's getting yeah. So, um, yeah, he's getting double teamed almost constantly. Yeah, sorry. I mean, sorry, Tony. I, mean, I can't get on board with this one. I mean, man. he's yeah. leading the team in receiving yards this year. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess he's just, he's not flashy enough. Um, and anyways, <coughs> also, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about trading any of these receivers. We're just, it was a free agency <laughs> question. So I know, yeah, for, I know, like, no, 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 no. well, people, people come in here and they see the trade deadline thing. And then we're talking about, oh, which one would you rather have? Right, so, right. We're not talking about trading any of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're just talking about the future. It was a mailbag question. Technically, this is actually the mailbag show. So, um, yeah, a lot of football left to be played. So we'll, we'll have plenty of time to have this discussion. 100%. But, ladies and gentlemen, I, I believe that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you so much to our live people hanging out with us over on YouTube. If you have not already, subscribe to the channel. Plenty of great Buccaneer content. And uh, it's not always just the podcast. We got plenty of other things to keep it nice. We actually have a cool series with that guy at the bottom of the screen, Mr. Bucks Nation, Buried Bucks Treasure, which, James, I got to get with you. We got to coordinate something. I want to try and record another one before the uh, the bye week. Sure, man. I got you. That sounds good to me. Yeah, dude. Maybe we'll have a special guest or two. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But um, mm. make sure you guys check that out. Check out James' channel as well if you are on YouTube. Mr. Bucks Nation, plenty of great Buccaneers content daily buccaneers content and uploads over there uh really one of the best in the game where can people find your stuff james yeah so here on youtube uh pretty much upload every single day at mr bucks nation here on youtube um yeah good stuff man i gotta make a video today i'm so tired but uh (laughs) (laughs) it's great it's great making content i love it i love it so much um video today will probably be honestly around the same type of uh, topic we talked about today. Will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make a move during the trade deadline? So keep an eye out for that. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on again, guys. And if anybody's new to this YouTube channel here at the Can of Fire podcast, be it just coming in to watch the live stream, or you're coming over from my channel, go ahead and subscribe to these boys. We're trying to get them to 3000 subscribers. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Glad to have you here today. Uh, check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of box news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram 
at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find them on Twitter at Evan NFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Also, just one more thing, guys. We are under three weeks away from the first ever Cannon Fire Watch Party. We mentioned it at the start of the show. James is going through a table, so if you can make it out there, it should be a good time. It, it might be the uh, the broadcast table itself where we have the laptops and the mic set up. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be like the end of the show because uh, we can't do it at halftime because obviously you have to do a post game. No, yeah, we got we got to record the, the post game. Right, but maybe at the end of the post game we'll have to, you know. It's the last thing, and then everybody's just walking out. Yeah. It'll be something nice, but uh, our guys wing box are going to be there too. the food truck going to be holding it down. Some of the best chicken wings in Tampa Bay. No joke, folks. And then, of course, our friends at Berry House Beer Company, some of the best local brews in Tampa Bay. I'm not a I'm not a hipster IPA guy. I don't really like a lot of breweries, but we did three flights at Berry House. And that's all it took, man. Every beer on the menu is just ridiculously good. Uh, and they have something for everybody. They got a dark, if you're into that, the uh, the Munkel, or the Dunkel, the German beer, the the dark lager, basically. Um, they've got a Citrusita, which is very good. It's a, it's a light Pilsner. They've also got a Tampa Export Pilsner. They've got some other really, really good stuff. If you're a cider person, they got good cider. I mean, a little something for everybody at the Can of Fire Watch Party, and we'd love to see you guys there. Bucks play in Washington. Yep, and then uh, also if if you don't drink, uh, Wing Box has water, has soda, so there there's there's options there as as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's the show. With that being said, thanks once again to everybody hanging out live with us. We will talk to you guys later this week, probably on Friday for our game preview show, breaking down this Sunday's matchup against the Chicago Bears. Tom Brady just sitting there thinking about it right now. The the terrible game they played against Chicago last year. I don't think it happens this week. We'll talk about it more on the game preview show, of course, but make sure you are there for that. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, James Hill. Thank you so much for checking out this week's mailbag edition of the Cannon Fire podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. We'll talk to you later this week. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.